0: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Rust Belt Rivals brought to you by Paperhouse House Network. I am Pittsburgh Steeler fan Nick Angelo, joined as always by Cleveland Brown fan Simon Siegel. Stat boy Charlie is in the house, and tonight we are going to talk a little draft coverage but you know what before we get started i just celebrated my birthday yesterday simon just celebrated his last saturday and i just want to wish simon a happy happy birthday i'm glad we got a chance to hang out and get old together
1: and absolutely a uh, happy birthday to you as well uh, 42 looks great on you
0: i'm taking a mulligan i'm 38 again this year but i tell you what the hangover i have I, that boy charlie was with me last night we had a couple we had a couple adult beverages nothing crazy but boy, I woke up feeling like I had a rager. So I guess that's what it is to get old, folks. You you just can't do it like you used to. But you know what? This is a football podcast. Let's start our draft coverage. We have next couple weeks to get ready for the NFL draft. Tonight we're gonna talk about some of the uh some of the talents of first round, second round talents that you know maybe uh, are getting overrated underrated ho- however we feel about them and next week we are going to unveil our mock draft so make sure you're are staying with us here as we give you all the info you need for the upcoming NFL draft uh so let's start let's start with the the, the biggest uh the biggest position there is Simon how how do you feel about the quarterbacks this year This is. uh oh, I thought
1: we were talking about center uh, uh,
0: yes, I am a big Quinn Minera's fan. So yeah, we, uh, we can talk about the center. Hey, you know, without the center, you don't have a quarterback. Um, going into this, into this college football season, there wasn't a lot of hype. It was Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And that's kind of a, uh, you know, a couple other names floating around. Now, all of a sudden, we're looking at maybe five quarterbacks going in the first round and maybe within the first eight picks, so I I want to start off with the clear-cut number one Trevor Lawrence. He's been projected the number one draft pick since high school, and the kid has lived up to a lot, lot of the hype. Uh, how do you feel about Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville and your boy Urban Meyer?
1: I mean, it, it seems like a foregone conclusion. I mean, I – I, I did think for for a hot second that maybe Justin Fields would be in play for Urban as he did seem to be like making a, a Buckeyes South down there to rival the Washington football team. But I, I mean, yes, Trevor Lawrence is good. I have I have concerns about his build, which I think that is is a reasonable thing. But all the, all the kid has done is win. I'm not an expert. I have certain takes, but none as I I, I don't have a strong enough reason to argue against Trevor Lawrence. So I've I've kind of just it's always been him first, and then who follows after that, really?
0: Yeah, it's it's like you said, a foregone conclusion to the point of you know made me question like why why is he so much better? Why is he the clear cut number one? Is he a can't miss quarterback? And the rise of another quarterback, Zach Wilson, out of BYU. This kid has really really increased his stock uh, throughout this entire process and he is now what without a doubt the clear-cut number two but if that's the case why not go at one why is Jacksonville looking at Zach Wilson compared to Trevor Lawrence and I think the answer is that Trevor Lawrence won at a high division and with against the best competition and he's had all the hype since high school and he's produced and he's got the tools so it's just kind of hard to pass up on him but how do you feel about Zach Wilson? Is he, is
1: he the number two? Is he better than Lawrence? I, I listen, I don't I, like, hell there's, there's an argument to be made that, that fields or Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this, in this draft. You know, I, I think fields is, should has every right to be in that conversation. I don't know enough about Lance and Lance you get into, it's a smaller sample size. And I think you hit the nail on the head though. It's the competition that Lawrence has done it against. And, he's done it his entire career. Like the kids barely lost any games going back to like middle school. Like yeah. all he does is win. he is awesome against the blitz, whatever defensive throw it, throws at him, he avoids sacks and yes, Wilson is a great talent and he has an incredible arm, but they, they showed that they showed that, uh, that video of like the, that insane pass that he threw during his pro day. And then you saw a highlight of a Sam Darnold play from a game. You then saw Justin Fields make an even more insane throw the next day at his pro day. Like, I don't know. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all a guessing game. And, and let me tell you, there are guys whose careers and jobs rely on getting it right. And, and I think that it's different when you look at those, those top three picks here in terms of, of what's at stake. Cause you could argue that for Urban Meyer and Robert Sala at one and two, there's a lot less pressure than number three when you've got Lynch and Shanahan trading away three first round picks to up to number three to pick which quarterback of the future. And so like, that's the, that's the big question. Cause I think we can all agree. And we've said it, it was Trevor Lawrence was the foregone conclusion at one. Wilson has come out of nowhere and is now making a case to like, why not? Number one, but who is number three and that is apparently the big question on everyone's mind right now
0: yeah that's a that's a great point just something that you hit on though is the 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 throws the pro day throws i mean it's easy when you're in sweatpants and there's no defense and so like i don't i don't take those it's nice to see that you have an arm but you nailed it like sam darnold had a great pro day sam darnold was supposed to be the guy he just got traded he just got traded because the Jets apparently. Sam Darnold's
1: throw was Sam Darnold's throw was during a game. That was in during an NFL game. Sam Darnold made that throw. Sam Darnold's pro day I remember because. Uh, 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 Hugh Jackson went and sprayed water on the ball uh, to to see how he could throw a wet ball. I remember that.
0: <laughs> uh, Cleveland. Um, but real quick, though, speaking of Sam Darnold, I think that's a great trade for both teams. Uh, the fact that I think Sam Darnold needed to get out of New York. I think him going to Carolina with some really good weapons and just getting out of Adam Gase I think he could resurrect his career. And don't be surprised if Juju Smith-Schuster ends up as a Panther the following year, but I am getting ahead of myself. And I think the Jets needed a face, a a new, a new look and getting after one of these young kids. Now Uh, we both kind of agree on Zach Wilson. He's got talent. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. on. You're you're moving a little too quickly away from the Sam Darnold. So we're going to talk about the Sam Darnold trade. I I am not. I, I don't think this is a win for both teams. Oh, I think, really? Well, i I think that I think that what this is is Carolina realized that it, they didn't have enough ammunition to trade up to number four. Atlanta wasn't going to trade whatever they were offering Atlanta to get to number four wasn't going to happen. Um, they were they were heavily interested earlier in the offseason in a possibility of trading for Deshaun Watson. That obviously is off the table. Um, so I think that this was a desperation move to get in some competition, but like you said it yourself, like we're in a position where we might see five quarterbacks go in the top eight. I don't think that there's anything precluding the Carolina Panthers from drafting a quarterback. If a guy that they like falls to them at number eight in the draft. Now the question is, does a guy fall and does the right guy fall? Cause I don't think it's, I, like there's a lot of people, a lot of fans do this thing around the draft where they think it's very easy to say like, Oh yeah, we can just trade back and whichever guy falls to us, we'll be happy with like, that's not how it works. You don't just bet on that falling, especially if you're, you're near the top. So I think that this was a hedge your bets move by Carolina because Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been that much worse than Sam Darnold. like the, those two, like, they're the same picture. Yep. Like, I, I don't know what you I don't know what you want me to say here. So, no, I don't think this is a win. I think that the Jets got as much as I thought they possibly could have. They clearly weren't getting a first-round pick based on the Carson Wentz haul. So, I don't know. I, I'm underwhelmed by it all. Like, good for the Jets for getting something back. But, no, I don't think that this is like a home run for Carolina or that Darnold has a clear shot at the job just yet. That's my two cents.
0: Yeah, I, I just think if Sam Darnold was ever going to resurrect his career, this is the, the proper step in the right direction of doing so. So I think he could he could right the ship with a with a new look. And Carolina has a lot of weapons. I mean, don't forget when you have Christian McCaffrey in the same offense, you're obviously doing better than any Adam Gase ran offense out there. In in the meadowlands but you're right
1: but listen after the show uh just remind me i've got a bridge i want to talk to you about all right <laughs> uh,
0: fair enough uh, but let's move on for some some other quarterbacks you you named them trey lance talk about the biggest question mark there is and listen you can say this following fact about every draft prospect it's all dependent on where they go i mean their careers can be made or broken just by simply being drafted by the wrong team, the wrong fit, the wrong scheme. I feel like Trey Lance, however, epitomizes that more than anyone I've seen in the last 10 years. He's got freakish skills, hasn't played a lot of football, played against very mediocre talent, and doesn't really know how to read defenses, and there's a huge question mark. However, the risk and reward because if he, does, if he does go to the right place and his athletic abilities do fit whatever scheme they use for him, he could be a home run. He could be a grand slam. He could be a Hall of Famer type. So it's like risk-reward with Trey Lance, I think, and we'll get into all of this next week when we do our mock draft, but I think the best place, and I'm not necessarily know if he's going to go there, I think the best place for someone like Trey Lance is Atlanta where he can go and not be asked to be the starter and learn behind Matt Ryan for a year or two years or so. And then hopefully he can learn the NFL game and then his athletic ability will just take over. But you know, how do you feel about the game? I don't know anything about him. I heard the name pop up in the mid-season. When I'm looking at draft coverage in the middle of the season, I think probably right after the Steelers lost their first game, I'm already looking at the draft. I'm like, who the hell is Trey Lance? And I watched some film on him and he's he's incredible. But he's just – there's not – I mean, he's – there's a big question mark out there. How do you feel about him?
1: I mean, I think – I mean, listen, you you touched on it, but he needs to go to a place where you can sit and learn that first year, I think. I think that's going to be the most beneficial thing for him. I mean, he has he, – physically, he has an insane skill set. His arm's insane. Like, he's fast. Like, the guy is – he's a beast, but he's raw. And so you need to be able to groom that and mold that and – I am not going to say where I, where I think he, he might wind up because I'll I'll save that for our our, uh, our mock draft episode next week. But Ooh, a teaser. Uh, but I I think that yeah he's got a great physical skill set. I would definitely put him as the number four quarterback off the board. You know in this draft um, if I'm a GM. Um, but you have to have him sit you're not drafting him to start and come in and play day one. Cause I think that he'll be a disaster. He'll be ruined and you'll never be able to reclaim him again. So I, I do think that you have to have that safety net. So I don't think Atlanta is a terrible idea. I think that's definitely a viable spot. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see, like, are we going to see four quarterbacks in the first four picks?
0: I think we might I think we might. And that's the third pick at San Francisco is very, very intriguing. A lot of people have Justin Fields going there because he is the third quarterback on a lot of people's boards. However, from my understanding and for I've heard, the 49ers are in love with Mac Jones from Alabama, who is another guy that I just I don't know something about Alabama players like quarterbacks that I just don't I, I and it's not fair. It's not right. I just don't I just don't like them. Um, but apparently he's pretty good. He's, he's not, he's not just the, the Alabama quarterback that runs a system. You know, he's not too, he's I, not Jalen Hurts. He was actually a good quarterback. However, he's also throwing and handing the ball off to the world, you know, the best college players at those positions. So what, what's, what is Mac Jones? What, what is his? Mac?
1: I, I'll tell you, you know, you know what Mac Jones says. I'll tell you what Mac Jones I'm aside is for this. Because what Mac Jones is, and the reason that this no surprise in my, in next week's uh, uh, mock draft, why you will not see me having the 49ers draft Mac Jones, is the San Francisco 49ers did not trade away three first round draft picks to draft Jimmy Garoppolo. Because they already have Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster, and Mac Jones is Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. Oh, so who wishes he was I, that handsome. Like I, 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 just I don't buy it. Like if they wanted a guy who's going to overthrow wide open receivers downfield, <laughs> like look no further. He's sitting right there. Um, I, I, I will not believe that. Like Justin Fields is so perfect for Kyle Shanahan's offense that. I, I just – I simply can't believe – like, I until, until they hand in a draft card and they announce that Mac Jones is the draft pick, I do not believe that Mac Jones is going third overall. Like, absolutely not.
0: I really think that after you get past eight, or maybe the Broncos, I'm not sure, but Mac Jones could either go in the top eight picks or – fall to the second round i think well and that's i think i, I think his, his stock. his his there's such varying opinions on his potential that it, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes and are one of these teams going to panic you
1: know, so well that Jesse and that's Fields
0: goes three and then all of a sudden trey lance goes four and then one of these teams like well we got to get our quarterback now do they overreach on mac jones
1: so yeah I, I assume that someone will overreach on Mac Jones. Do I think that he is an interesting prospect? Yes. Do I think he has potential? But like, you know, and you touched on it, he's thrown to the best receivers. He's behind the best offensive line. Like there is... Being the Alabama quarterback is a bit of a cushy job in terms of the assets you get, both the locker room and just the talent surrounding you on the football field. You know it's easier to be a quarterback in college football when you have the cream of the crop surrounding you um, and and but to go back to what I was saying though, I do think that Mac Jones is an interesting prospect, but I don't think that he is three first round draft picks worthy. And Charlie mentioned, uh, Boy Charlie mentioned in the chat, like it seems like smoke and mirrors. And that's absolutely what I think it is. Like they made this trade before his pro day. Um, uh, Kyle Shanahan was at the pro day and they were, there's clips of them cutting to him as he overthrew receivers at his pro day. It's easy in shorts and a t-shirt mac and cheese didn't make it look easy out there yeah um so i just I, i'm just skeptical about it i just don't believe that he'll be the number three overall um i think justin fields is just so well suited for kyle shanahan and what he wants to do with an offense um and listen i actually and i also think that justin fields could afford to sit and have Jimmy Garoppolo start the year. I don't think that Justin Fields is plug and play. And so as much as I love Justin Fields and I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft and and arguably has the talent to be, be- to be the best. I do think he needs to sit and he needs to watch a veteran and and learn a little bit because there are things that he needs to learn as well. So that's I do think that he is if you're looking for somebody to come in and start day 1 it's Trevor Lawrence and maybe Zach Wilson, and that's it, in my opinion.
0: I, I agree with that a lot, too. Uh, just to kind of hit on Justin Fields real quick, um, I think he's got all the tools. I think he could be the best quarterback to come out of this, out of this, pro, out of this whole class. But I think you're right. I think he needs time to, to learn. Look, the, a lot of people forget that it's hard to become a millionaire overnight just in general, not even learning the, the playbooks that are so much bigger than college game. When you're 22, an 18- to 22-year-old kid and all of a sudden you're a millionaire overnight, there's a lot of things that change, and maturity goes a long, long way. Um, so all these kids, all these kids, it, it's tough. That's why Trevor Lawrence, I think, does have kind of the the edge because he's been groomed for this since he was in eighth grade. So he's kind of ready for the the, the spotlight. But Justin Fields, I think, has the talent. And if he has the luxury of coming in and learning how to be a pro, I think he could, he could be the best quarterback out of this whole class. The, I, the fact that he doesn't play well in the big game does concern me.
1: I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. Are are we still are we talking about Justin Fields here? The one yeah. who the one who beat Clemson with broken ribs? Yeah, that was like we're like no, like don't, that was, don't that was no one, no one game. no no stop spouting this narrative. Stop stop spouting this narrative. Stop that. Stop that. Don't what did do what, do, you do, that. what, do, you, what don't do he do the do game that. before?
0: He won't, he won't,
1: he almost lost the Big Ten the championship. He did, that was that was not all on him. That is and we are talking about you're, you're cherry picking two games out of literally two games of his career because it's that game, and I think it's a game against Iowa that people love to cherry pick. You look at the throws that he made, what he did in that Clemson game. Don't come here with that. Come on, come on. We, we were having a constructive conversation. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take your baiting. I'm not I gonna said, take this kind of. I baiting
0: said here. it just. It slightly concerns me. After <laughs> I said he could be the best quarterback in the entire.
1: And club. yet, and, and yet, and yet, and yet, you have head. no idea. And yet, and yet. Wait, hold on. And yet, and this is and there's also like this is the homerism at play here with Nick Angelo here because we'll talk about linebackers later, and Nick doesn't understand how a guy like Micah Parsons could be the fourth linebacker off the board. Well, maybe because he's a scumbag off the field and nobody trusts him. But suddenly, when he's a Penn State guy, I don't understand it. I don't see it. What are you talking about? Off-field issues? Nah, it's fine.
0: What, what Micah Parsons off-field issues are you talking about? And by the way, Justin Fields did commit to Penn State and then decommitted. So maybe I am a little bitter towards him, okay? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not concerned about his big game performance. Maybe I just don't like him. Anyway, what Micah Parsons off-field issues are you talking about?
1: Oh, yeah, Mike Park. Yeah, there, there's the whole hazing issue incident that he was involved in. Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Like, that oh, yeah. doesn't happen on every single locker. Okay, whatever. Let's move on to the guys that the quarterbacks are going to be throwing to. And we've already talked about a couple of them, as we, Mac Jones has the luxury of throwing to two of the – probably the, the two best wide receivers, or at least in the top three, and that's Jalen Waddell and the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. And then there is uh, Lamar Chase that out of lsu who didn't play jamar. last year jamar chase who didn't play last year um but when he did play with uh mr burrows he was pretty lights out how do you have these top three or is there a fourth wide receiver that you want to throw in the mix there as uh as the uh the top guys Wait, uh, Char- charlie's raising hand Staple boy charlie you have something to say kyle pitts yeah, we're gonna to get the to tight end soon, but he. But you're, but you can, you're right. You know. I mean, Kyle you could you could make is, an
1: argument that Kyle Pitts should be in the conversation there, and so yeah, if we're talk Well, so no, but no, Charlie. I think Charlie makes a good a good question, raises a good point because I think Kyle Pitts could be the first pass catcher off the board. Like, there's a like that's a very good point that he makes. Like. Yeah. Which is so I I wouldn't view him as a pure tight end in that regard. So I think well, he's ready- the Bengals,
0: well I'll tell you what I'll t- I'll tell you something about Kyle Pitts, and I think he's phenomenal, and I think it's almost cheating for fantasy that he's going to be the t- the T because he's not. He's a wide receiver that just happens to have tight end uh, uh, a s- status. So if you're if you're fantasy players out there, be where or be very aware of where Kyle Pitts ends up because he's going to be a monster in fantasy football but yeah let's throw him in the mix here as as pass catchers who do you have who who sticks out to you besides Kyle Pitts because we just talked about him I mean which which guy in Alabama would you rather have uh Waddle whoa why is that because
1: oh I just because Devontae Smith I mean, Devontae... is
0: just a little guy he's yeah. just a little guy
1: I mean, like, like I, I know that you're you're being you're being funny about it, but it's it's true. Hundred and seventy pounds don't cut it in the NFL. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that he produced. I know that he uh, that he did it at Alabama. I know that he won the Heisman. But I don't trust that size. I just don't like not in the NFL. Like, it's the 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 guys who who make it like that are are few and far between. Um, like we're talking like. Marvin Jones, like, that's, like, that's, that's the side, like, like, that's not who I think. And could he get it done? He could be great. Yeah, Scotty Miller, he, uh, step tra- boy, Charlie throws in there. Like, sure. Is it possible? Yeah, but that's not, I'm not taking that gamble in the top 10. So, and like, that's, that's, that's more what I'm, who I'm staying away from, I guess, to answer your question. So, in, in that regard, Pitts is up there. I want Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, for me, is the first First wide receiver off the board if we're calling Kyle Pitts a tight end. Um, how about you? What do you think? Are you, are you, not, are you not afraid of this size? Like you're going to trust 170 pounds?
0: Not at the moment, but you can gain weight. I know that for a fact. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been doing it all my life it, it's pretty easy actually uh, but
1: so apparently it's the stopping that's the issue, yeah,
0: it's the going the other way Ooh. um so here's the thing though, when it comes I'm a huge fan of the route runners, okay, those are the guys who end up being stars in the league, guys who can run a route tree, guys who are crisp at running routes. It's what made like antonio, antonio brown antonio Brown the best wide receiver in football because of his ability to run a route. Devonte Smith is a route runner. However, when you're a route runner, you're usually catching balls over the middle and on swing plays or on a wheel routes. And that means your 170 pound frame is going to get beat up. And that scares me. And you're right. It does. That scares me. So unless he can, he has the ability to put on some weight that, that is very concerning. Whereas, Jalen Waddle, he is a go guy. He's a go route. He's blazing down the field, and he's usually catching the ball. So it's two different kinds of receivers. Which one do you, which one do you like? Which one do you want? I think Waddle's one of those guys, if he goes to a team that also has another wide receiver who is a, a route runner, he's going, to, he's going to excel. I don't know if Waddle's the number one when there is no really other good number two. Um, as for Chase, he is listen. He was on a t- he was on the LSU team that was just unstoppable, and Justin Jefferson was on that team as well, and Chase was the standout. So I like him. But here's a thing that is very interesting: this COVID really took a lot of players, and they didn't play, or they they started to play, or they 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 opted out halfway through the season, or didn't play at all. And some sometimes that's not going to matter. Some of these guys are just good. You know, they've been playing football all their life. They're talented. They're, they have ath- athleticism pouring out of their eyeballs. It doesn't matter if they took a year off. They're probably better for it. But some of these other guys, especially like linemen, that could really, really, really devastate devastate they 're just they 're pro prospects because they haven 't been playing in a year they haven 't had the discipline, and it, it all depends on the player themselves so it 's interesting that a year that they don 't have the combine where coaches and general managers don 't get a chance to sit down a lot of these kids who haven 't played in over a year and get a gauge of what have you even been doing this last year? Have you been working out, have you been disciplined, have you been eating properly? And I bring that up because of Chase. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a case of that. But it is just an interesting fact that is going to plague a lot of these, a lot of these kids, especially second, third, fourth round picks of these guys that had all the talent in the world. But then you know they probably they probably did with what Davante Smith needs to do, and probably added a couple pounds and not playing and not being disciplined, and that's going to cost them some. It's going to cost them some money. But as for the wide receivers, I agree. I think Chase. Is the first one off the board. I think he's the best, and I I agree with the fact that Kyle Pitts is probably the best pass catcher. It's just kind of unfair that he's a, a tight end. Uh, you got anything else on 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 the on uh, the pass catchers? Because there's another tight end that I do want to mention. That you know, like I, I can't help myself.
1: I mean, sure. I, I don't. I, listen, I do think that the Browns are. I mean, Kevin Stefanski loves tight ends, but we have so many of them right now that I can't imagine we'll invest a pick early. I could see us doing a late round pick. So I, I will, I'll save tight end for you this season. Tight end is all yours. Um, but for me, I think that like there are a lot of wide receivers there that if the Browns decide to go wide receiver or if somebody falls, like. I mean, Rashad Bateman is not going to fall. That would be a, a devs. I love Rashad Bateman. Love he is very fun. Um, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. Like, there's a lot of wide receiver talent. And I, I also, I think that there's going to be a lot of interesting movement in terms of trading when it comes to that late first round, early second round to snatch up some of those guys. Cause I think there's going to be a run on these top guys that we've talked about, but then later on there, it's a, there's like a deep second wind of wide receivers that it's going to be really fun to watch what happens there.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with uh, the fact that I, I actually, here's a, here's a hot take I'm going to say is I think that this NFL draft class, I think this is going to be the greatest second round group of talent. In a very, very long time. I think there's so such good talent that's gonna go in the second round that it's gonna maybe outproduce the first round. Um, but here's a name. I, I mentioned our last episode, Rondell Moore from Purdue. After I mentioned him, he went out, had a pro day, and just happened to run uh 4240. So keep an eye on him. Although he is one of those injury concerned guys, he, he's another little guy. But he, boys, he's fast. So Rondell Moore out of Purdue is another guy that I like. But speaking of tight ends, I want to say because I had a, the the chance to actually watch him up close, um, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State is a is a really good tight end. He's a really good pass catching tight end. He's another one of those tough tough yards guys. He goes he'll go across the middle. He'll run slant routes. He's a Big target in the red zone. Uh, he's very much like Mike Geseki, but Geseki was more of that deep threat tight end, jump ball kind of guy. And he's doing well in Miami now, where Fryermoth is kind of the tough yardage guy. So Pat Fryermouth is a name for tight ends, just to keep a mind, uh, keep an eye on, out of the Penn State University. But let's move to running back, which is just seems year after year. There's only a handful of running backs that are even worth talking. And there might not even be one that goes in the first round. Simon, who do you got number one on your board in the running back room?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I feel like I I care so little about running back this year that, like, I mean, for me, it's – the my one number one hope for running back is that the Pittsburgh Steelers draft Najee Harris uh, with their first round pick. That's my that's my dream. You um, say
0: that, and I used to agree with you, but I'm I'm starting to thaw out on that anti Najee Harris. Why? Let me tell me what you What's, what, what's your deal with Najee Harris? Do you think he's no it's, good?
1: Is it the is it the
0: Alabama running back? Is it the Trent Richardson still burns you a little bit? Oh, no,
1: absolutely not. I think Najee Harris is a perfectly fine... Uh, a draft pick i just think that that's not what fixes the steelers okay and i don't want the steelers fixed okay. so i'd rather you waste a first round pick on a on a running back that you don't need okay. that's that's my that's well, my approach you may
0: be wrong <laughs> in the fact that we don't need them because currently our running backs on our roster are benny snell and keelan balage who has been Again, a fantasy sleeper for me for
1: the last couple of years and boy has he been sleeping it's a hole. It's just not the hole you need to plug.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, we're look, we're going to get into that. We're going to definitely get into Brown Steelers needs and draft picks in a couple more episodes, so make sure you stay tuned here to Rust Belt Rivals as we continue our 2021 draft coverage. But, uh, as for the pick itself, Najee Harris, I like the kid. I watched some of his film. He reminds me of he reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry, but quicker, which is kind of dangerous and then I've also seen him give inter- interviews and he seems like a smart kid he, he, he seems like he's going to be a good pro and I, I've kind of I kind of like him I kind of like him uh, I think he's a better pick than Travis Etienne uh, I yeah. just he seems like he's once again just another little guy a lot of little guy little fast guys coming out of the draft this year which I know is For- all the all the all the hype in the NFL nowadays, but I don't know. Give me a Derrick Henry. Give me a guy who can lower their shoulder and get me those tough yards.
1: Javante Williams, North Carolina. North Carolina, like that's who. If I'm, if I am a team that is a running okay, back Buccaneers. away. <sighs> I mean, yeah, like that. Jones,
0: Ronald Jones and
1: Leonard Fournette are free agents at the end of this year. I I I hate that because obviously I don't want that the the evil empire to grow because that's what all of a sudden the Buccaneers have become. Um, actually, I, I, I take that back. You're not the evil empire, but to to bring back all 22, like it's a it's an cool. impressive feat. It's it's a cool thing, and the Brady effect is is very cool. And yeah, Javante Williams—he is a violent runner. I see a lot of like Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones in him as as a prospect, and like I think he is the guy that if I'm if I am the Buccaneers and I feel like I just need a running back to help you know advance the offense, I think that's the guy that I'm targeting.
0: Well, now I hope that he goes second round to the Steelers just to make you sick to your stomach, but. Here's two names. One name that I I absolutely love, he'll probably be there in the third, fourth round out of Mississippi State, Kalen Hill. He does a little bit of everything, can catch the ball, he can run a route, he can lower his shoulder. He's got some quickness, got some speed. I like Kalen Hill a lot. I don't know if he's going to be an every down back in the NFL, but I like him a lot. The other name I want to ask you because it's, it's your boy, how do you feel about Trey Sermon in the NFL out of Ohio State?
1: I I don't know. I he had he had such a, a great run there and then he had the injury I I do caution that there is some of the I didn't see enough of a sample size for him that I can devote it to. It's not what I saw out of Zeke. He he was good. And like, again, it's the, the Alabama thing. Like you've got one of the best offensive lines, like Ohio state's no slouch in terms of the offensive line that they're putting up. Um, He did some impressive things and some big games, but I, I don't know. He's a mid round flyer. Um, Sure. I, I don't, I don't feel passionately about him. That's usually like a, that's, that's my red flag. I think that's the, I, I learned it this year with the Ohio State and the, I should have known that Ohio State was going to get knocked out. If you know you hear I'm not that excited about somebody out of Ohio State, you know that there are question marks there. So uh, yeah, I don't I'm not in love with him, but I think he's a reasonable flyer and he could be very productive. I just didn't see enough that I, I know for sure on him.
0: Yeah, that that's and that's why I asked you because I don't know I don't know a ton about him. I know he's pretty good, but you know I always thought Master Teague was pretty cool, maybe just because of his name. Uh, but he was pretty good in Ohio State too, and he apparently is way down on people's draft boards. So what do, what do I know? Uh, but let's move over to the other side of the football, and we're not going to be uh, much longer here. But let's talk some defensive players. We've talked about some in past episodes. Uh, but I just want to kind of throw some names out there. Have you do the same and see see who you like, see who you dislike. We've already talked about Michael Parsons. I do think he will be the first defensive player drafted. I, I think he's a a can't miss linebacker. Uh, I I love him. I don't know about the the hazing BS, but whatever. Um, I've said this. We you and I both like JC Horn, the cornerback out of South love Carolina. Love JC Horn. Love JC Horn. The other cornerback, there's two other cornerbacks that I want to talk about, is uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. and Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. Caleb Farley, who would be the number one cornerback off the board, but he has yet another back injury, and he might fall to a team in the second round and might be the biggest steal of the draft. How do you how do you how do you see cornerback besides JC Horn?
1: So yeah, Patrick Sertain seems like he's going to be the first one off the board. I think that J.C. Horn is absolutely the guy that I want. I would love it if the Browns got him. Um, in terms of, I mean, in terms of Caleb Farley, the injuries are a concern. Like it's, and again, like yes, he he would be if the injuries weren't there, he'd be higher. But you now more than ever, and like we talked about how there are guys who have opted out like there are so many question marks i don't want question marks i i am looking for durability i am looking for guys that show that show up and i am more inclined to go with a guy who sat out last season and has a strong track record than than i am to to go with a guy who has the kind of medicals that Caleb Farley has, and obviously every team is going to kick the tires. They're going to look at things. I am, I am not any of the the people who make these decisions, but it gives me way too much pause that that's that's not who I would see uh, the, the Browns targeting. Um, and then for me, the the guy that and we'll get into this uh, is Greg Newsom. For me, is the cornerback that I see as as not only a, a, a top guy, but a guy that is a reasonable target for the Browns um, and what we could do at 26. Uh, and, and we can talk about more about what the Browns are going to do later, but like, he's a guy that I'm very interested in as well, but who could go higher. Um, it's, it's gonna be very interesting to see how teams rate these players. Cause I think there's a lot of variance and, and Caleb Farley for me is a very interesting question though.
0: Yeah, I feel like the Caleb Farley's and the the offensive linemen and some of the reaches on like a Mac Jones, I feel like if those go first, there's going to be a lot of talent that falls later into the draft, right where you and I and Charlie are picking. And I think there's going to be really tough decisions because... There are a couple linebackers, and I've said this before. There are a couple linebackers that are, I think, immediate game changers. And all the rage is the hybrid safety linebacker and Zaven Collins out of Tulsa and the kid out of uh, Notre Dame, Jeremiah awusa komora I'm terrible with the pronunciations, But them two kids, I've seen Joker from Notre Dame falling out of the first round. And that's just – this kid – is a is a monster. Is a monster. He they did their Notre Dame. An old professor from Notre Dame actually took the science behind how hard he hits. They had to figure it out through physics. The sheer velocity that he brings when he lowers brings the lumber. Yeah, I love him. He's got black and gold written all over him. As much as I hate Notre Dame, uh, I I just love that kid. I think Zavin Collins is is basically just a cornerback who also plays linebacker. Um, and then I really like uh Asai out of Texas. He's just a nasty kid too. He comes off the edge a little. He's a outside linebacker and he's just mean. Just a mean – like you can't block him. He when he wraps his arms around you, you're done. You ain't breaking out of his arms. I really like him too. How do you see linebacker? Do you, do you have anything any uh, any names uh at linebacker that you, that you you kind of adore?
1: Not not really because I mean no, but because I don't look at Joker as a linebacker. I look at him as a safety. Okay. Like, and I think that that's the reason why I, there's so many people who think the Browns are going to take a linebacker. And I don't think they are, unless it's one of these hybrid guys, because it just doesn't seem like where they want to invest their, their, their energy. Um, so I don't, I think Joker is, is absolutely a viable option. I don't think that, but like you said, I don't see him dropping that low. I think someone is going to take that type of player because that's the future of the NFL is you, you need that type of hybrid player. And so I think he will go far earlier. I don't see him being there by the time either of us are picking. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I've looked at linebacker, but honestly haven't devoted a lot of time to it because I don't think that that's where the Browns are going to go. And honestly, I think that linebacker is pretty weak outside of those guys that play more of that hybrid role.
0: Yeah, I think there's another name too that I think is really, really high on the Steelers board is Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Um, they, I know they, they like him a lot. I think it's going to come down to Najee Harris or Nick Bolton for the Steelers. Which is uh, interesting because, like I said, I'd rather have Joker or Zaylin Collins, but you know I don't get paid by the Steelers to make those decisions. Um, but Nick Bolton, I, I wouldn't hate that pick for the Pittsburgh. But once again, we'll get into that. I think he's a, I think he's a decent linebacker. I think he's consistent. I don't know if he's making the Pro Bowl, but you know I I root for a team that you you know I watched Larry Foote and uh, and uh, Vince Williams play for years and be pretty productive. So that's what kind of Nick Bolton reminds me of. Uh now I want to move to defensive line, especially edge, cuz that's definitely something I know you have your eye on as a Browns fan. Um having someone who can get to the quarterback without blitzing is a huge huge thing for NFL defenses. Um there's a couple names out there. I want to know from you. I want to hear your top 3 edge rushers.
1: I mean, so it's hard because I, I, I mean, top three for me, the guy that, that I want, I, I'm not going to give you my, my top three. I'll give you the top three that I think that are reasonable uh, ideas for the Browns. Um, I, I think for me, uh, Aziz Ajalari, uh, kid out of Georgia is a guy that I, I hope it, it could be around. He's somebody that I could see that we could, uh, that we could go for. Um, when you look at the kids out of Miami, Jalen Phillips, I want nothing to do with because, again, of that injury history, the history of concussions. Rousseau is the one that I'm more interested in if we're talking about Miami. Um, and then the, the, the guy that I would love to have fall, and I, I've seen mocks that he's falling, and God forbid uh, bite my tongue that I'm going to pick a guy from the state up north, but give me Quiddy pay. Give me Quiddi Pay at twenty six. Like I, I will take Quiddi Pay all day. Line him up opposite of Miles Garrett, and then just have a lot of fun. Um, but I, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, like that's that's my top guy that I would love to fall. But I think he's the first off the board. He should be the first off the board in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I, for those who don't know, first off, Quiddi Pay has a, an amazing story. Uh, his mother fleeing uh, as a refugee to. Give, give her sons um, a better, a better life. It's, it's really, it's really incredible. Uh, but however, if you ever seen, if you want to see his highlight reel, it's like watching a man play against children. It, he's just a monster of a human being, Quiddy Pay is. So yeah, he's going to, he's going to go quick. He's, he's more of a, he's more of a defensive line. Like he's more of a, your traditional tackle who can get to the quarterback as well, which is, which is big, which is a really, uh, really valuable asset nowadays not just a run clogger he can actually get to the quarterback and be that defense uh, that three three down guy um another, another name though is joe tryon from washington he is another huge question mark he hasn't he didn't play last year he had all the talent in the world but then it just he has just slipped down down farther down draft boards and i i'm interested to see where he's going to end up i think Someone's going to grab him in the second round, and it's going to be another steal of the draft. I, I think that Joe Tryon from Washington is a name to keep an eye on from the from the lineman perspective. And all the other guys are the same old thing. The kid out of Penn State, look, obviously I love Penn State, but I don't know. I, I feel like he's a workout wonder. Um, the freak show that is, the strength and conditioning of Penn State, which you got to give credit to where credit's due. These kids every year, someone from Penn State is just – just destroying the combine or the pro days. I mean, Mike Tomlin said he when they went to the Penn State pro day there, he's like, it looks like a freak show out here.
1: I mean, remind kids, me, remind me, how many sacks did he have last season?
0: Exactly. So <laughs> that's why I don't understand. Like when he was going as like the number one guy off the board, I'm like, wait. I at First, I was like, wait, I don't even – who is this kid? I mean, if you ask me, Shaka Tony was a way better pass rusher for Penn State, and he's going in the sixth round. But when you are 6'3", 300 pounds and you run a 44 four it's uh it's hard to not notice that um but yeah i think that's a lot of these edge guys they're just kind of they're they're the they're the freaks they're the athletic freaks that light up the combine in the pro days and then when you put pads on them i don't know uh, they kind of just kind of all disappear but i think quitty pay is a name i think joe tryon is a name to keep an eye on um and yeah and a lot of these a lot of them outside linebackers or they're a defensive lineman depends on the scheme. It all depends on the scheme. The Steelers run a three, four. So that's very, we might be drafting linebackers to play defensive line. We may play defensive lineman to play linebackers. It's all dependent on the scheme and where some of these kids go. But you know what, Simon, we're going to figure that out next week when you and I debut our first ever mock draft. I'm going to have a draft. You're going to have a a draft and stat boy, Charlie's going to moderate the whole thing. That's next week right here. On Rust Belt Rivals, brought to you by Paper House Network. Do you have anything else? Anyone else you want to talk about? You want to want to say uh, anything before we get out of here?
1: I'll, I'll say this: that going into the off season, I thought that safety was going to be a, a big thing for the Browns. I don't think it's off the table, and and I'll say this: I don't. Next week, I'm not going to do this, but don't be surprised if the Browns trade back. You mentioned that there's going to be a lot of talent in that second round that it might even outproduce. I think that the Browns are a team that wouldn't mind trading back, gaining multiple assets in those middle, you know, two, second, third, fourth rounds. Um, And we also have a lot of assets. Like like we don't, we're going to, we're going to be active in terms of trading and positioning ourselves for players. So I, I think that, there's a. I could still see us taking a safety. I could still see us getting out of that first round if the trade is right because I think they're going to be desperate teams. So, but more to come next week. I'm excited. I'm. We're almost there, folks. We're almost there to we're, draft day.
0: We're we're almost there, and this year we all get to sit in the same room together and watch it. I can't wait. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Uh, I know we're going to probably have uh all, all kinds of yummies and drinks and i know for a fact we're gonna have some silk city hot sauce in the room so if you're a fan of hot sauce make sure you're going to silkcityhotsauce.com use the code rivals that's r-i-v-a-l-s and you'll get 15 percent off your entire order at silkcityhotsauce.com it's not just hot sauce either it's a business from vermont so obviously they have maple syrup ghost uh what is it ghost pepper maple syrup so it's a
1: lots of yummies yeah
0: y- lots, of, lots of yummies that's uh so that's silkcityhotsauce.com use the code rivals 15 percent off thanks for listening folks make sure you're checking out all the other awesome shows here on paperhouse network it's wrestlemania season so make sure you check out our wrestling podcast the face beat hills high podcast they just interviewed wwe superstar Paige. that's right Paige was just on the recent episode of the face beat hills high podcast right here on Paperhouse Network. Simon, Stapwood Charlie, we'll see you next week. Go, Browns.